Hammer Down Racing Report. And now your hosts, Scott Hammer and Ron Miller. Welcome, race fans, to the Hammer Down Racing Report for Thursday, August 18th. Coming at you live from the Ron Miller Race Cars Hammer Down Racing Report studio. Show number 244, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. All those places. And uh, we're back up to number 241 Ooh. on Apple Podcasts in the U- U.S. automotive category. That's amazing. So, yeah, out of all the... Uh, We'd like to be 200. Millions of... Ca- yeah. Uh, the chart's being pretty good. I'm happy with that. That's cool. I was worried there, Scott. I, I could see your lips moving, but I didn't hear anything. You potted my mic. Or my, oh, I did. I was, I, was, I, was having, I was fighting with your camera over there before yeah, we started. Okay. So we, I had to... You're on the backup camera right now. Oh, okay. Oh, I like it. It makes me look good. I have n- nothing to Don't say. Don't go there, Scott. Okay. Uh, tonight on the show, we got a lot to go through tonight. <clears throat> we do. Uh, figure eight racer Stephanie Bradley's uh, going to join us here momentarily. We'll give her a call. Uh, we're going to speak with uh, Dirt Late Model Hall of Famer Rick Eshelman. I never thought I'd utter those words out of my mouth, but it happened. It's just really pretty cool. It is pretty now, cool. Is he technologically advanced enough to join us, or is he just going to be on the phone? Uh, we're going to call him. I was afraid. I think he's, I, I was I, afraid of that. He, didn't he get a smartphone last time we talked to him, or is he still on the flip phone? He's kind of like you. He's. I know you've joined the smartphone couple generation. Years now, yes, it's been a while, but, he, but I'm getting relatively he, proficient. He held on to his uh, flip phone for quite a while. Uh, also, we had a very active uh, Hammerdown hotline this week, too. Really? Yeah, so lots to uh, talk about there. Uh, so lo- lots to get to. Uh, we'll get things started right now. First, uh, contact Freeze Frame Photos for all your racing photo needs from Action Shots to Victory Lane. Now's the time to start working on those custom 2023 calendars. Uh, gifts for Christmas. You know, It's not too early. Yeah, I mean, uh, they can make uh, take any photo you want, Put make some custom items. They got uh, license plates. Uh, all kinds of cool things that, that they can do. The calendars, I think, are, are really cool, too. You can choose the uh, the photos for all the uh, each calendar month. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah. Um, very customizable. They also do a special photo shoot, so if uh, you don't have a picture uh, that's available that you want, call up Charlie. He can uh, set up a photo shoot and, and take some pictures there. 419-476-9978. Freeze frame photos, special moments frozen in time. Big D's, pizza subs, ribs, chicken, and more. Give them a call. Excuse me right now. Uh, 419-547-1444. Uh, John went uh, to Big D's. He did. Did he bring Sunday? Any, he, he brought, he, yeah. He, he sent me a message. like, you want me to bring you something back? I'm like, yes, hold on. I forget what it was. I don't remember what it was called. I looked it up. The cheese boat. How was it? Oh, my God. I was a little under the weather, and I, I had to bow out. But I, I see John is... Tentatively planning a return engagement this weekend. If we get rained out, and that's not going to happen. I know. Positive thoughts. It might happen. Uh, Ryan Weekman will have your weekend weather pit stop coming up here in a little bit as well. Um, you can also order online, Big D's. Uh, order BigD'sPizza.com. They now feature pizza log stuff with pepperoni, cheese, and sauce. Uh, Big D's and Clyde, big on taste, not on price. Also, uh, check out the new Dominator Pit Kit from Dominator Race Products at DominatorRaceProducts.com. has all the hardware you may need for any body repairs at the track. They also specialize in other body components for late models, modified sprint cars, and street stocks, and much more. Uh, DominatorRaceProducts.com. 
or call 419-923-6970. Also available from uh, people like Ron Miller Race Cars. Scott, I saw a sneak preview of their Outlaw Late Model pavement nose. Uh, it looks really killer. They've they've been listening to uh, some of the pavement racers, and uh, I, I think they've really got something that's, that's going to be very popular. Was that uh, Wednesday night that uh, or Tuesday night? Might have been. that peak there. Okay, cool. Uh, also, thanks to Oakshade Raceway, Ron Miller Race Cars, Headhunters, Barber Studio, and Salon for sponsoring the show. Uh, we're going to get things started right now. We'll give uh, Stephanie Bradley a call, figure eight racer, and winner of the uh, last two school bus figure eight races up there at, uh, over there at Toledo Speedway. Yeah. Yeah. So, and hopefully the phone works. It, I talked to her a little bit ago. Phone seemed to be working. Remember I called you Tuesday night and right. the phone wasn't working. I think we're good though. Hello? Stephanie. Hi. It's the Hammer Down Racing Report. Scott Hammer, Ron Miller here. How's it going? It's going good. How are you guys? Uh, pretty good for us <laughs> and, and apparently very good for you. Yes, very good for me. Uh, congratulations. Two uh, school bus figure eight wins in a row. Um, I, what do you think of the, the school bus figure eight racing? Um, I like it. It's a little bit of carnage and racing at the same time. It's fun. Now, do you, is it, do you consider it like serious racing is there, or is it more of just a, a fun activity? Um, more of a fun activity. Scott, I've seen some in, in bus videos. I uh, can't call it in car videos, but they're, they're really elbows up in those things. Yeah. How, how hard is it? Uh, or how much work are you doing driving those things? Um, it's not too hard. Um, for me, I only hold the bottom of the steering wheel. I can't reach the top. So maybe I do a little bit more work than the guys that can reach. <laughs> but otherwise, it's not too bad. It's really fun. Is it is it like uh, slow motion compared to uh, running your regular figure eight? Yeah. Yeah, it is. You can't get going that fast in the bus, especially at Toledo. How, how many times have you earned extra money? For flipping? That's the one. <laughs> yeah, I've flipped, I think it's two or three times at Flat Rock. Well, you're an expert. That's been a while ago. <laughs> now, yeah, it's fun. Do, do you, you get the money for being flipped, or do you get the money for flipping someone else? You get the money for being flipped. Okay. So you don't get any money if you flip someone else? Nope. Oh, what kind of fun is that? <laughs> I know, right? It is fun, though. Just being out there is you fun. Know, if, if you get the fans up on their feet, it ought to be good for something. Yeah, you can hear them, too. They go crazy when the bus goes over. Uh, speaking of crazy, uh, you have the nickname One Crazy Lady that uh, I guess Gary Lindahl uh, deemed you. Uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah, it's fine. Um, I do get a lot of kids and stuff that come up to me and they're like, are you the crazy lady? Are you the crazy lady? <laughs> so that's kind of funny, but it's fine with me. You got some t-shirts that say the crazy lady on it? Um, my grandkids have some, but that's it. So you don't wear them to Kroger? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Walmart? No. <laughs> So how long uh, how long have you been uh, running the figure eights? I, I saw you had uh, a street stock win, but you're still looking for your first uh, figure eight win. Um, yeah, I started street stock was probably in 2001 was my first full year, and I want to. I think I've been running figure eight for like ten years, probably. It's 
a lot more fun than street stock was. So I just kind of stuck with it. So how, how did you make that transition from uh, street stock into uh, the figure eight class? Well, my dad was already racing figure eight. And, um, so I just asked him to try his car one night. And he let me in. That was it. I was hooked. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have any, uh, any second thoughts then of, of putting you in the figure eight car? I originally wanted a figure eight when I got the street stock and he said, I better start out with street stock. That figure eight wasn't a good fit because I, I had a couple of young kids at that time and you know, what if something happened? But after a while he was fine with it. Let me try it. And then I've been doing that ever since I do have a street stock also. And, um, he races that now he wanted to try it. He's always been figure eight. So. Gotcha. And, and who's your father? Chuck Panko. What I thought. Stephanie, Sean Grams uh, got a question. He says, I love what you guys are doing. Where do you get the buses from? Um, the track gets the buses. I'm I'm really not sure where they get them from. Okay. <laughs> you, I, I'm sure they don't pay a lot for them. No, I don't think so. Yeah, uh, I hope not. <laughs> remember we had Jack Franzel on talking about uh, where they got the buses uh, before are they donate? No, they get the sponsors. I, I don't remember. Yeah. I'll have to listen to that podcast from a while yeah, ago. Yeah, I'm not sure. But what what makes uh, figure eight racing more fun for you uh, as opposed to uh, just running in, in the oval in, in a street stock? I mean, obviously, it's a very exciting for the fans watching the cars crisscross yeah. at the intersection. But um, I think it's exciting just being out there with them guys. Um, sometimes it does get a little crazy at the intersection. You might second guess yourself, like maybe I shouldn't have went or I won't go next time. <laughs> but um, it's just, I don't know, the whole time you're out there, you're looking everywhere, you know, just trying to see who's getting into the corner before you at the next turn and if you can make it or not. So there's a lot and more. And them guys. I'm sorry. I'm go, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, there's a lot more uh, strategizing going on. but in the Yeah, there's a lot going on, a lot going on, yeah. So you, you can't, like, take a, a moment to take catch a breath um not really um you just try and time it you know like if you're going into one corner you look at the other corner to see who you're going to be meeting there you get to your corner first just go try and go before them <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it, it doesn't work out <laughs> i was going to ask has there been times it hasn't worked out and how bad was that um i've had a couple intersection hits uh one was Oh gosh, I think in 2013, maybe, um, I kind of like took a quick nap after I got hit with that oh one. So, <laughs> and I had to reclip the front of the car and stuff. So that was the worst one though. And, and no second thoughts of getting back in the car. Oh no, no. You're a brave They're woman. safe. They're both safe. <laughs> what about the, uh, the school bus, uh, figure eight or the school buses that, that you use for the school bus figure eights to, are those reinforced as well? Yeah, they have the, uh, they put in a roll bar and we got our the safety belts in there. So we're good. And we wear all our fire suit, you know, everything, the helmet gloves. Gotcha. Did you get to race with Ken Schrader when he was running the school buses? I have a couple of times. Yeah. He's a real nice guy. Really down to earth. Did, did you beat him? Did you finish ahead of him? Oh, you know what? I think he hit me and he knocked my drive shaft out. So I didn't even get to finish that race, I'm pretty sure. 
Did you go have a talk with him? <laughs> I did tell him that he did that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember but. the the first the first time I saw the, the school bus figure eight races was when uh, Ken Schrader was the first time he did it, and his comments afterwards were something about like these guys are a bunch of assholes out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he yeah. joined the group, and then he was like, "But yeah. it was awesome." <laughs> yeah, They're, everybody just you know we go out there to put on a show, so everybody for themselves. So, what does it take to uh, have a to get a win in the school bus figure eight? Is it is it luck? Is it skill? Is it getting the best uh, bus out of the lot? What is it? Yeah, I think it's just luck. Um, you know, I I would rather go over. I'm glad I won, especially my first one. Um, I'd rather go over. That's more fun to me. And they did try to get me over a couple times, but my bus just slid, so it wasn't going over. Um, this last time the bus, I hit one of the track tires, and it got wedged up in there between the bus and my tire, and I think I drug that along for a lap, maybe two, at the finish. So that was it was kind of like a freak thing, that big old tire stuck. And I wondered why it was so hard to turn. I, I saw the picture of that. The tire was wedged in the, the right front wheel well, it looked yeah. like. So, yeah, that so was crazy. I, I assume you make more money than getting rolled over than actually winning the race. Yeah, you get some money for driving it, and then you get some money for um, you're flipping over. You just win. You just get the money for driving it. That, <laughs> How did you get started in racing? Um, oh, my family, everybody in my family has been it. Um, Steve Estalis, my uncle, Kale Estalis, my cousin, my mom, Carol Estalis, my dad, Chuck Panko, my brother, Jimmy Panko. <laughs> so we've just all kind of just done it. Those are those are names that are uh, oh, coming yeah. back to me from when I was in high school and I used to go to Flat Rock every Saturday. And Toledo. Yeah. Toledo's- yeah. Toledo's too far for me when I was in high school. It was a long time ago, though. So, what do you? So enjoy- just kind of like runs in the family. A family over. I mean, that seems to be a, a pretty common theme. Uh, a lot of the people we talk to, it's it's in the family. Yeah. So, what what do you enjoy uh, most about racing? Um, I mean, I like being out there with everybody. I really like the crowd, autograph nights, the little kids that come up and want to talk to you and sit in your cars, you know, especially like the little girls. Oh, I want to do this one day. No, I love that. That's great. I hope they do. So do you feel like uh, you're, you're a little bit of a role model for, for the young girls? Uh, maybe for the young kids. Yeah. Especially for the little girls. Okay. So who are uh, who are some of your racing idols, not including uh, family members, just like outside your family, uh, racers you looked up to? Um, I mean, like I got a lot of friends now. The ones I looked up to before I started racing, besides my family, I would say like uh, Gary Porkchop Early, yep. Bob Stoop. <clears throat> Going, going back um, to my high school days again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've been going there forever. Like, I know everybody. So there's, there's like, so many out there that I could name. You know, and then Oval, like, Joy Fair, Dave Coleman. You know, there's just so many. Okay. So what, uh, uh, do you have any future plans uh, as far as, 
you know, maybe changing class or is uh, figure eights uh, that you're, you're happy where you're at and that's where you're going to be? Um, I am happy with figure eight. I love figure eight. I might do straight stack a few times in my car next year. Um, I'll be sitting out a couple of weeks for now. I think I got, got my hand caught in that school bus steering wheel. Ooh. So I'm sitting out a couple of weeks. I'm waiting on a motor anyway from um, Dandoyle Racing Engines. I'm going to have it this weekend. So I'm going to have to put my dad or somebody, my brother, my boyfriend in the car, somebody to get it out there. I really want to go to Super Shoe this year at Kalamazoo. So I'm hoping I'll be healed by then and my motor will be good and we'll go. So how bad is your hand, Can, can may we ask? It's just a tendon. Right now, they said that's all. Um, I just have to keep it not, just can't do anything for four weeks. And it's in a uh, splint. Ooh, jeez. So, so I'm thinking maybe in two weeks, if I feel better and I call him, maybe he'll just look at it again to make sure that maybe it's just healed more and I can just hurry up and race the last weekend. But, <laughs> but, but, but you won the race where you did that, right? Yeah, I did win. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> I wasn't going to pull over. <laughs> True, true racer there. How uh, how early in the race did you hurt your hand? Was it toward the end? Um, I, we didn't have very much to go. It was before I got that thing tire wedged up in there. <laughs> so yeah. I think what happened was like my front wheels connected with somebody's rear wheels and we were going around the corner. Oh. And that steering wheel just whipped. Gotcha. So, but it, it's okay, you know. I just hope it'll heal up faster than what the doctor thinks. You you don't have to shift while you're racing the buses, do you? No. So you only mm-hmm. need you only need one hand, really. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> Barney knob. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, that was mentioned to me that maybe we should try that and get one of those so I can run the last couple of weeks at Flat Rock. <laughs> there you go. You're gonna put that in the figure eight car. I have to try something, Scott. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, so, is that against the rules? We'll see. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I've ever seen it in the rule book, so. That would be awkward. Though. I don't know. It would be, I think it would be hard to get used to. <laughs> Ronnie Schultz was slightly disabled, and he raced a lot of years with one, so, yeah. Yeah, I think um, maybe we'll have to maybe try and figure something out quick. Have you, uh, have you ever raced on dirt? I have not. Any any desire to, or you prefer the the cleanliness of uh, the asphalt? Oh, I would definitely try it for sure. I would definitely try. It. I'll try any kind of racing once, at least. Say, Ron, Ron over here likes to uh, convert asphalt racers to dirt racers. It's it just seems oh, like that right? it just <laughs> seems like there's a lot of pavement racers exploring those options. Yeah, I mean, if the opportunity came, I would definitely try it. Um, I've only been to like two dirt races before. I thought it was great. Where'd you go? Um, where is it? Oakshade. Okay. It's a good choice. And another one. I can't remember. It was far, far away. What What do you feel about? I would have to think about it. How do you feel about sprint cars? Sprints on dirt. Oh, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I would definitely try that too. That would be great. Awesome. So what's you guys got any hookups? Give them my phone number. Okay. (laughs) They could try figure eight if they've never done that too. So we could swap. 
I don't know if I'd have the balls to do figure eight myself. <laughs> Especially in Come somebody on. else's is in somebody else's car. I'd be like, oh shit, here comes a bunch of cars. Brakes, brakes, brakes. And then it's probably and it's like, don't run over me from behind and push me into the intersection. <laughs> uh what's up? Uh, You'll what, be fine. What's uh, your best finish uh, so far in in the regular figure eights? And- in points last year, I think I finished fourth, but there wasn't many. We haven't had very many car. Good luck with a car count for figure eight. I mean, your best uh, race finish. Race finish? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I must say seventh in a feature. I honestly don't remember. Okay. I kept, I don't really, um, I guess I'm really just in it for the fun. I know um, you want to win races and stuff. You gotta you gotta put your time in in the garage and and your you know wallet I mean? you gotta, and your wallet and your wallet. <laughs> yeah, and um, I don't know. I just I don't have time. I I work at Kroger actually, so my hours are never the same. <laughs> Ron is psychic there. Ta-da. Yes, he is. We're gonna have to make. When he a- said that at first, I was like, "Oh, he already knows." <laughs> <laughs> he did his homework. Yeah. So my hours are never the same, and um, I got three grandkids, seven, six, and five. So time is pretty short at home and for the garage. I'm lucky I have had so much help. Uh, Sometimes I wouldn't have made it out if it wasn't for all the help that I have. Help is definitely something that is necessary. Yeah. Test to that. So when, uh, when, what uh, weekend do you think you're going to be back and cleared to to race again? Right now, if they say four weeks, then I'll be out for the rest of Flat Rock. Okay. So, um, Super Shoe is counting the the 24th. I'm hoping to be able to run that weekend. So, are you... Unless, like I said, I can con the doctor and tell me that everything's okay in a couple weeks. Stephanie, are you one of those racers that listens to everything the doctors say? No. Okay, I just wanted to clear that one. That was a quick and decisive answer. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm going to try to, you know, keep this hand not doing anything and just rest like I'm told. And we'll see how it goes. Um, this week, like I said, if I get my motor back tomorrow, we get it in. I'll put somebody else in it, take it out there, make sure the motor's good. Next week, I'll probably just um, take it out there and practice it and see how it feels. And if I'm good to go, I'll just, you know, go. So so you're going to go to the track and just putz around at the back, right? Yeah, just hang out. Just uh take my time and be careful. (laughs) That's what you're telling the doctor. And and you think all of our listeners believe that? Well, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) hope the doctor's not listening. (laughs) Uh, Any uh, any sponsors you want to give a shout-out to or anybody else uh, you want to name that that helped you out? Well, like, obviously, you know, my mom and my dad, my boyfriend, Ron York, Don and Joe Wisman, um, Jerry and Richie Lee from Affordable Trans, Kathy and Christy Avardi, and uh, Max and Karen Scott. They are fans that come to the track, and they have helped me tremendously the past few years. Um, they also, are, if we don't have trophy sponsors for a night, they pick up that and they'll buy the trophies for the night. They put up for lap money. They are just all around great people. Awesome. Well, we appreciate the time, and uh, we wish you a lot. Or you hope you you heal up awfully quick. 
And, like next week. Yeah, like next week yeah. or two. And uh, yeah, thank you. And uh, good luck at uh, Kalamazoo or or before that, if uh, you know you're back at hanging in the back of the pack, like Ron said. Yeah, right. With the there's a wink, <laughs> wink in there involved. <laughs> All right, thank you guys. Yep, thank Thanks, you. Steph. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Here you go. It's Stephanie Bradley, figure eight racer, winner of the last two school bus figure eight races at Toledo Speedway. The last one coming uh, Friday night. It's past Friday. Yeah. So, very cool. There's a lot of, a lot of figure eight people. I think you should do figure eights. Scott, when I started racing, that was the only way you got going. The early days of Toledo Speedway, um, you raced figure eight. All the great racers, Jerry McCarra, John Anderson, all of those guys started out in figure eight racing, and then once they were deemed acceptable, they could race on the half mile. So it was like the compact class. Yeah, sort of. Back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, kind of, sort of. <laughs> kind of, sort of. Uh, we'll do a quick uh, racing roundup here before we uh, give Rick Eshelman uh, the latest member of the Dirt National Dirt Late Model Hall of Fame. Uh, a call here again. Uh, we talked to him. What's the last time we talked to him? Was it last fall? Probably. That's when we talked to him. Also, uh, World of Outlaws uh, announcer, former Oakshade announcer, former Eldora announcer, former Toledo Speedway announcer. I don't know if he ever did Flat Rock. Uh, he, he did Finley. Well, oh, yeah, that's where I met him, yeah. Uh, Attica Raceway Park was uh, off last weekend, so no uh, results there. Flat Rock Speedway, uh, they did get some racing in this past weekend. They did scrap the heat races, though, and ran the features only due to uh, a rain delay. Um, Jeremy Vanderhoof picked up the uh, Street Stock A-Main win and the uh, Figure 8 win, and uh, Taylor Papineau uh, was the Street Stock B-Main winner, and Eric Lee racked up another... Outlaw Super Late Model feature win. He's been on fire. Yeah, yeah. We talked to him as uh, the feature or the champion last year. We may be talking to him yeah. again as the championship weeks. Uh, Oakshade Raceway uh, rained out on Saturday. It looked like the rain was just targeted right over Fulton County there. So unfortunate for them. Uh, Sandusky Speedway. They were able to uh, get some racing in on Saturday. Clayton Oliver, uh, winner again in the Renegades. Josh Poor won the Ohio Wheelman Series uh, feature. Clay Lusk, the beginner stock feature winner. And Bobby Justice won the Pure Stocks Toledo uh, Speedway on Friday night. As we mentioned, Stephanie Bradley won the School Bus Figure 8. Ryan Allen won the uh, Late Model Sportsman feature. It was his second win in a row. Uh, Matt Bunting uh, was the factory stock winner. Dennis Wisman Jr. won the regular figure eight deal. And Dave Lambert won both the uh, boat figure eight and the flagpole race. First ever win for Josh Bunting. Congratulations on that. Matt Bunting. Or Matt, I'm sorry. It's okay. Yeah. You confused me for a minute. I was like, wait. Uh, Montpelier Motor Speedway, Saturday night. They uh, got some racing in. Saturday, uh, it was uh, Clayton Bryant winning the uh, modified feature. Landon Acaro. Uh, was the Hornet winner, Gerald Mullinix, won the street stock feature, Lee Hobbs in the super stocks, and Tony Anderson uh, won the Dirt Trek Truck Series feature event. World of Outlaw, NASA Energy Drink Sprint Cars. They were at Knoxville. Uh, Thursday night, Jacob Allen won. Uh, Rico Abreu won Friday night and Saturday. The uh, main event for the Knoxville Nationals, Donnie Schatz, picked up his 11th Knoxville Nationals title. That's a lot of. It's a lot of a lot Knoxville of, Nationals titles. A lot of there. names too. Yeah, uh, Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series or Late Model Dirt Series uh, Thursday night action uh, in the North South One Hundred 
at Florence uh, was rained out. Friday night, Hudson O'Neill and Jonathan Davenport were the preliminary feature winners. And then Saturday, a uh, guy we never, never mentioned, uh, Jonathan Davenport won yeah. again. So uh, it was amazing. his second second North-South uh, 100 win, $75,000. I wonder how much money he's taken in this year. A lot more than I have. Oh, boy. Uh, NASCAR uh, action. Sunday, Kevin Harvick uh, picked up the win in the Federated Auto Parts 400 at Richmond. Uh, and Kyle Busch uh, coined a new term uh, Sunday. Really? Yeah, he was uh, chastained. Ross Chastain got into him, spun him out, and uh, he, in his post-race interview, mentioned, yeah, he got chastained. Did you see it? Uh, the Chastain thing? Yeah. Yeah. They were like three wide. I didn't think it was deliberate. I don't, I don't think a lot of his mistakes are deliberate. It's just he makes a lot of mistakes. I'm not sure it was a mistake. He okay. was, they were just racing hard. That one. That one, uh, that one, yeah. I mean, yeah. They did Kyle Bush didn't seem too upset. But anyway. I, I'm kind of a Ross Chastain fan. I, I was I was, but he's he keeps he, he's moving down the list. He keeps tripping over himself. <laughs> so <laughs> Um, Saturday night, uh, the trucks were in action in the Worldwide Express 250 for carrier appreciation, and uh, Chandler Smith picked up the win there. Other notes, we I forgot to mention, I, somehow I skipped over this last week. Uh, I meant to mention that uh, Buddy Kofoid picked up the win in the Driven to Save Lives BC39 at the dirt track in Indy uh, two weeks ago, right. Thursday night. Uh, congratulations to him in, in the midgets there. And then he picked up uh, the uh, win Tuesday night, this past Tuesday, in the inaugural high-limit sprint car series event at Lincoln Park Speedway. He pocketed $23,622. Uh, that's that new uh, Kyle Larson, Brad Sweet series. Uh, right. It's going to be running. Uh, this was like a, an open event. It's kind of like a, a testing the waters, I guess, deal next year is when that yep. series is supposed to kick off midweek races that pay a lot. A lot more of the press and the media in, in motorsports are getting on the Buddy Kofoid bandwagon. Well, yeah, every every couple of days, his name. He's, he's, winning, he's winning something. He's winning something yeah. big. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, last week we talked about a uh, hot dog race at Oakshade Raceway, doing that again. And we put up a Twitter poll. Right. Right there's the results. Ooh, so far I think there was like an hour left. Yeah, I don't think you can read that. Uh, we were trying to figure out which class to do the hot dog uh, race right, with. Right. Late models uh, had fifty percent. Zero sportsmen. Sixteen, seventeen percent for dominator super stocks and thirty three percent for compacts. Really? So I'm almost to the just to say you know whoever we can have a late model versus a compact. Oh boy. If a compact guy can eat a hot dog fast, that could be a big advantage. And maybe it's easier to get out in and out of a hot or a compact. So we'll have to, we'll work that out. We'll see well, how. And I'm thinking that with the clutchless transmissions, which you're going to experience one day, um, the late model could be kind of slow off the line where a compact or maybe a super stock could launch quick. I could be fun. So you're saying that uh, having a late model may not be an advantage. Maybe. Yeah. 
I'll discuss it with the, the logistics, but uh, we'll probably see another hot dog race at uh, Oakshade in September. Uh, real quick, speaking of Oakshade, we're the fastest meet to race racing every Saturday nights. Make sure to follow them on uh, social media or visit oakshaderaceway.com. This weekend's Dippin' Motorsports Night, full program of late model sportsmen, super stocks, dominator super stocks, that is, and uh, compacts, gates open at 4, racing at 7.15, and uh, season championship has uh, been announced. Season championship night is going to be the following week, August 27th, so only two more weeks of uh, points racing okay. left in the season for uh, Oakshade Raceway drivers. Um, talk about Ron Miller race cars here for a minute, and I'm going to give uh, Rick Eshelman a call. Well, I'm going to read one of the uh, quotes from one of our listeners. Hey, Ron Scott. <laughs> you, you like those. You think you think they would have a Run What You Brung show at Oakshade Raceway sometime? I can only hope that they would sometime, but I can tell you that Crystal Motor Speedway on Labor, Week, Labor Day weekend, Saturday and Sunday, are running Outlaw Late Model, 750 to start, 1500 to win. I remember when they tried to do the outlaw late model shows at, at Oakshade. Unfortunately, we only had a few of them show up, but right. I remember David Hilliker. He just looked like a slot car gun. Didn't yeah, lift he, at all. He is, he is really good. That was uh, kind of cool. But, um, so Rick Eshelman, former Oakshade Raceway announcer, current uh, World of Outlaws announcer, enshrined in the uh, National Dirt Late Model Hall of Fame. He, uh, yeah, this past weekend. We're going to give him a call right now. Hopefully he remembers and he answers his phone. Wasn't he at dinner last time? Hey, dude. Hey. Rick Eshelman. What's happening? It's Scott Hammer, Ron Miller, Hammerdown Racing Report. How are you? Great. How are you guys doing? Good. Hey, before we get going. Ron's got notes. I've got notes. I just, I just want to point Gro- that out. Growing up at Raceway Park, John Newding was the announcer, a fantastic announcer. My early racing, wow. my early racing Howard Williams, Toledo Speedway and Flat Rock. Uh, then my friend Jack Pfeiffer, then Gary Lindahl uh, at Toledo and Flat Rock. Great announcers. Dirt in Northwestern yep. Ohio. Larry Jewett, sprinkled yep. with tonight's guest, Mr. Microphone, and my cohort, Scott Hammer. <laughs> Oakshade, wow. Oakshade Raceway, Mr. Microphone, Larry Jewett, Scott Hammer. Great announcers all. Out of all of those announcers, Rick Eshelman, my friend, you're the only one to gain national acclaim. Congratulations. I appreciate that, Ron. And as you know, it's a nice way of them telling you you're starting to get old. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, that's right. You're in the Hall of Fame at Sandusky Speedway. I are. So, there you go. Oh, this makes sense. Rick is so smart. Rick, I don't know about all that. Well, you, you taught me a lot when uh, we worked together down at uh, Millstream, or what was it, Flag City Motorsports Park. At the time, yeah, call it what you F- want. It, uh, that, was, that was good times back then. <laughs> so, what uh, what does it mean to you to be enshrined into the National Dirt Late Model Hall of Fame? I mean, how big a deal is that? Well, you know, I never, never um, set out to, to go there. I thought, you know, it's cool for the people that got in. You know, they really are were special to the sport, and you know, they put their time in. And they were good at what they did. And I look back now, and my name is in that group. And it's like, wow, it, it really came uh, really came to light on that Saturday when um, they inducted me. And I thought, I guess I worked hard, and I never wanted it to pay off. 
you know, for fame and fortune. I just, I love what I do. Ask Ron. You know, well, okay well, was the, the fame like, part. I loved okay. The fame part you've you know? got covered. How's the fortune part working? Well, you know, <laughs> we all do this because we love it. Absolutely, it, it's a it's a great thing. You know, it's a great way to uh, meet friends. You know, it's a great way to live your life. I'd rather live my life as a racer than anything. You know, I w- always wanted to do what you did, Ron. And I tried it. You actually got me into a car, and I tried it. And you saw what happened. I'm not worth, you know, the five seconds that it took me to get down the front stretch. So <laughs> it's, uh, I, I know where I belong. And But uh, I, if it wasn't for guys like you, Ron, and, you know, millions of others that I've got to see in my career, I wouldn't have a career. So I owe it to the racers, and I owe it to the fans. You know, I'm just a part of the show. I'll never be the show. I don't want to be the show. Rick, I think you've heard my my uh, Larry Jewett story. He uh, he towed a race car over to my shop one day, same as you, wanted to race, and uh, he said, what do you think? I went in the shop, I grabbed a hammer, and I said, I want you to hit that bar right there. And half the roll cage fell apart. Ooh. So, so I taught Larry how to use a torch, and I told him to cut out everything that he didn't think looked good. I, I wound up putting an entire roll cage in the car. I can imagine. I, I want only imagine. I want to know more about this. Uh, you were in a car once experience. Well, it was actually I've been in like four or five different times. Uh, first time ever in a race car was when I was in the uh, service. I was in the Air Force, and I was actually in an enduro ran. 90 of the 250 laps before the car caught fire. They couldn't put it out. They called the county fire department, and I made the police water. Um, ran my first ever enduro race in Michigan on pavement at Flat Rock. Started 52nd out of 132 cars and actually finished 16th and drove the car home. Nice. But then from there, uh, Toledo Speedway had an officials race one night, media and officials, and then it was street stocks on late model used tires on the fifth mile, and I had that thing hammered to the floor, and I got lapped, I think, three times in a 10-lap race. But then uh, Ron got me into a sportsman car at Oakshade and showed me how to run it. And, uh, well, I got out there, and I was hot lapping, and I think I was, I went five laps down in a three-lap hot lap session. So, yeah, <laughs> that's I, impressive. I know where I belong. Sportsman, though, that's Definitely, nice. yeah. I belong upstairs, there's no doubt. Rick, Matt Swander wants to know, can you make it from Montreal to Oakshade for opening ceremonies in a single day? Uh, it's happened so long ago. I think the statute of limitations has run out. So, so you're clear. I was working for a company in Michigan over by the airport in Detroit, which is Romulus, Michigan. And I had to deliver parts to Montreal, Quebec, Canada, to a Ford dealership there. Well, I'm good driving on 401 in Canada and all that getting through Detroit and everything. It's about 12 hours one way. So I left, you know, in the morning on Friday and got up there and stayed the night Saturday morning, got up. I went from Montreal back across the bridge to Romulus, Michigan. And then from there, another two hours to Oakshade in a total of 10 hours. (laughs) Oh my I, I let's just say that the speed limit in miles per hour was sixty. I doubled that the whole way. Now, so you're faster on the the streets than you are on the track. 
on, on, on the much Q, on the on the QEW in Canada, they are kind of lenient on speed. They were back in the nineties. Yeah, let's just put it that way. I was extremely lucky. Well, the the hundred kilometers per per hour speed limit up there, you could it's easily confused as to hundred miles an hour. Oh yeah, right. right. And that's kind of what I was going to use as an excuse <laughs> in case it happened. I'm sure they've never heard that before. No, not I'm sure that's the first time. <laughs> Have you ever announced it at Flat Rock? We were talking about that a little bit. Oh yeah, before. that's where I started my career. Okay. Opening night of 1979, I got a chance. Announcer didn't show up, and they asked me. I gave them a Panasonic cassette tape of me practicing announcing, and I guess they liked it, and I tried it and did it, and started from there. Very nice. So you and you started yeah. you started your Hall of Fame career uh, in the Southeast Michigan, Northwest Ohio area. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, started at Flat Rock. Got to do Toledo. You know. Got then out the track here and there. I got to work for Jeff Jarvis at uh, Line Land for a few years. I worked for Pam and Terry, John and Donna at Oakshade for seven great years. I uh, always thank them for that. And of course, you know, Larry Baltus and or Larry Bowes and Earl Baltus gave me the chance in 2000. I got to do four years there, and you know, the World of Outlaws World Racing Group is where I've been since. And you know, I, I would trade none of it. It was all just so great. How many years have you been? My first ever dirt race, Scott. You have any idea where I announced my first dirt race? Uh, North Dakota, South Dakota. Uh, you, yeah, you cheated. Yeah, I did. <laughs> it just so happened that when I was in the Air Force, I got there January 1st of 1982, and come to find out, my sergeant, who rest his soul, passed away a couple of years ago, he was a racer from Wisconsin. Well, you know, the track was in town 20 miles away. And I got on, I made sure I got on his crew. So we would come in from the missile field in time to go to the races every Friday night on time. Imagine that. That's, that's pretty awesome. Yep. Got to serve my country and announce my first dirt racing. So how long have you been, uh, announcing with the world of outlaws now? Since, uh, 2004. Um, they started off in Has 2004 Beluga and they didn't have an announcer and, I helped out the first six races, and then I jumped in on a race in uh, Volunteer Speedway in Tennessee in March. And finally, by July of '04, uh, Dean Miracle, who we all know, um, you know, said, "You've got to come work for us." He kept working on me and working on me. I said, "You know, let's do it." And it's been that way. Do you have a, a favorite uh, track that you've announced at? You know, maybe one that has like the the most energetic crowd. Well, oh, there's oh God, there's so many. I mean. I'm putting you, you on the spot. At Grand Forks, North Dakota, obviously River City Speedway has a special place in my heart. Fairbury in Illinois is a fantastic track. I mean, that's just an awesome place to watch a race. You know, Davenport has got this great little quarter mile in Iowa that we go to. There's so many great tracks. Cedar Lake Speedway up in Wisconsin is another terrific track. Um, even Macon Speedway in Illinois, a little fifth mile. It's just, I love the bull ring. You give me any bull ring and I'm happy, but these big tracks have become something that, um, I've learned to, I've learned to, let's say, find my niche, you know, the biggest track I had seen before coming, you know, out of the service was either Berlin or Toledo or Mount Clemens even. And now you start going to these big dirt tracks. It's like, wow. So yeah, 
they're all great. Don't get me wrong. I don't, I'm not slighting any of them, but I, I'm a boring guy. Have you ever announced on a mile dirt track? Oh yeah. The Springfield mile world of outlaws were there. Okay. Yeah. And that was a challenge because, um, we were down on the front stretch. All you could see is a car coming out of turn four and 140 to 160 miles an hour down the straightaway. Yep. And when they got to one, you lost them for 30 seconds. And then they came back around. <laughs> it was interesting. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've run both Springfield and Syracuse. So uh, yes, you have a lot, a lot of fun. What uh, um, I can't imagine Ron going that fast. Uh, from what I understood, you really had to, um, shore up your fenders and all your braces because just the wind and the speed you guys carried down the straightaway just had to be impressive. Rick, the first time we were at Syracuse, uh, I came in after our first hot lap set and the deck was all crumbled up and uh, <laughs> in, in normal ornery Don fashion, he says, what the hell did you do to my race car? I can see that. Um, and that was where we, when we learned that you had to actually put extra support in the deck because it was creating so much downforce at those speeds that it literally crumbled the deck without touching anything. Yeah, I know all the guys, on, especially on the front fenders, had double bracing all the way through. Yep. And even on the doors and on the rear quarters, just because of the speed and the air that flowed. And, yeah, I, I can't even imagine it. And I saw firsthand when you cut a tire on a mile track, you might as well just get ready to replace the whole side. <laughs> so how did you get uh, associated with dirt late models? I mean, you've called all kinds of different racing, and then now you're you're the dirt late model guy. I think I got spoiled when I was in North Dakota because they had four-tenth sprints, dirt late models, and street stocks. And I just thought that, you know, I grew up with late models at Flat Rock, late models at Figure 8, late models at Figure 8 at Toledo. Same thing at Mount Clemens. Um, all through Michigan, all through Ohio. And I loved the payment late models. Well, then when I got to Grand Forks and they had 410 sprints, I thought they were cool. But the late models back then were wedge body. So they really looked like Batmobiles. And that just got me excited. I loved the way they looked, the way they drove. And uh, I just, I became a late model guy. That would have been back in the NDRA days. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're talking... The early 80s is when I first went to my first uh, real dirt racing. I had went to some with my father. He had taken me to a couple of dirt races, but I was really young, so I really got the appreciation once I uh, turned 20. Do you remember uh, a guy around here named Dave Marco? Oh, yeah. Whatever happened to him? I was, oh, a little, I was a kid, and I remember going, and he used to win all the time, and then I moved away, and... I don't know whatever well, happened there's, to him. There's so many guys that I wonder, Scott, you know, what happened <laughs> to, like, uh, Bob Sensaba. He was one of those okay. that I used to watch yep. when I was a kid. And uh, Mark Malkin. I've seen Brad over the past maybe 10 years or so. Guys like that, uh, some of the guys growing up that were the big, uh, you know, late model guys in Ohio and Michigan, John Ballow, Glenn Galt, you know, just Roger Black, some of those guys. I wondered what's happened to him because, you know, you don't see them. The guys that I grew up with at Flat Rock, I hate to say it, but pretty much have all passed away. Uh, most of the heroes I had. So it's like, I don't even know if they're alive or not. So that what you said earlier that uh, you're in the Hall of Fame, it just means that you're getting old is, is accurate. Um, well, yeah, there aren't too many um, young guys that have been inducted. So it, it, it's, it's a, truly an honor, though. It's just amazing 
to be in there with some of the greatest drivers that have ever strapped into a Durley model, some of the greatest announcers, ever picked up a mic, promoters, chassis builders, engine builders. It's just, it's an amazing little place that uh, only a certain amount of people can say they're part of. All right, I got to ask you this. A lot of people don't know this, but when the mic is off and you're in the tower, you like to tell jokes. What is the no, I've never told one. What is the worst <laughs> joke that you've ever told in the tower? Oh God. How much time do we have? <laughs> Just one. You don't have to have a long one. I've, I've had a lot of bad ones. Um, oh boy. You talk about putting on the spot. There has been some really bad ones. I would have to say the one that I stole from Jack Pfeiffer. Um, oh it's only happened twice that I can remember at Oakshade. Am I going to have to you put know, in every the, year they had the, if I have to put they had a, the Barney Oldfield race, remember? Okay. Okay, so it just so happened one night, um, they were running, I want to say they were running the Bombers, and a rabbit come out of one of the fields and ran across the racetrack, and Jack said, well, I guess next year we're going to have to have two races. And I said, well, what's the other one going to be? says, the Bunny Oldfield. Oh. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that'll work. That'll Ch- work. Changing gears. Yep. Dean, changing <laughs> gears. Dean Henry says that Dave Marco owns a bar in Kelly's Island, and he still lives in, in Genoa. Genoa. Okay. Wow, good for him. That's awesome. Yeah. So are, are there any... I knew somebody would know. I knew somebody would. <laughs> are there any other achievements uh, that you would like uh, to check off uh, the list uh, in your announcing career before you, you hang up the microphone or... Or, or yeah, actually, um, there's one left that um, I don't know that it will happen because it is kind of, um, I guess, for the elite. But um, uh, UMP has the Bob Member Award. Hmm. And that is basically for a lifetime achievement of, you know, being in the sport of racing, especially with their car UMP. And uh, some great guys have gotten that. I think uh, I'm way too young for that. But uh, I'm happy where I'm at. Totally happy. Awesome. So World of Outlaws uh, this weekend, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Pennsylvania. Yeah, going to be interesting. We go from the big paperclip half mile of Williams Grove to the really fast bullring of Sharon and then back to another big half mile paperclip at Tri-City Raceway Park. So it's going to be interesting to see how these guys can adapt to big track, small track, big track in a matter of three days. Who's uh, who's going to win the championship this year? Well, the odds-on favor right now is Dennis Herb Jr. Over a hundred-point lead, but you ask him and you ask his crew chief Heather Line, and they will tell you it ain't over until the points can't be passed. So right now he's in line. Tanner English is really coming on strong. He has been very consistent over the past couple of months. He's moved into second in the points. He's taken over the rookie point lead. And I would say it's between those two, but you're not going to count back Flair out because he's right there as well. So a three-car battle, basically, you got to give the Ed Serb, and I would say just because of the experience of point racing. Okay. Now moving outside of just the world of outlaw, this is of all late model drivers right now, who uh, do you think is the best uh, dirt late model driver in the country? Well, I mean, you're going to get an argument here. <laughs> half of the half of the country is going to say Jonathan Davenport, hands down. The other half is going to say Chris Madden, hands down. 
you can go either way with that. Both of them have amassed a lot of money won this year. They've got a lot of wins. There's a lot of could have been for men. There's a lot of could have been for Davenport. You can take your pick. You know, both of them have had a lot of wins this year. Tim McCready is on the way to winning another Lucas championship. I mean, he hasn't posted the big wins, but he has been Mr. Consistency. Mike Marler has been so consistent all year long. You know, it's, if you go by wins, you go by the first two I mentioned. If you go by consistency, you can add a couple of more. I mean, the list could be 20 drivers by the time this is all said and done. And if you count raw talent, you can't, you can't eliminate Kyle Larson. You know how I can tell that you're a professional, Rick? You uh, uh, dance around it? Yes. You <laughs> dance around it and you give a – I ask for one driver, you give me a list of 20. Well, that's, that's, that's okay, though. Like last year, last year it was Brandon Overton, hands okay. down. Well, it seems and like we're Brandon talking Shepherd. about – it sounds. It seems like we're talking about Davenport winning two or three races every weekend, at least for the past well, month. Well, I mean, he's, he just wins and wins and wins. And, you know, every driver will tell you, as long as you are on a streak, go with it. Don't think about it. Just enjoy it because it can go away just as quick as it came. Rick, and maybe, I think may, drivers like to live by that. Maybe you would know how much money has he won this year? Uh, right in the ballpark of one point six million. I'm in the wrong profession. Woo! What am I doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We only make half that, so it's not bad, Scott. Oh, you know. Geez. Well, almost as much as Miller makes. Yeah, almost as much. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah, he's won uh, right around one point six million so far in winnings. That's that's and with there's still big, 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 big paying races left to go. Oh yeah, some of the fall specials pay yeah, huge money. Well, Davenport got a chance to win fifty thousand next weekend with the World of Outlaws when it comes to Davenport because we have a ten, a ten and a thirty at the Quad Cities one fifty at Davenport Speedway next weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So that could be another fifty grand right there. Chump, you, chump change. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. This, this is making me more depressed. I, I can't even imagine. I can't imagine getting checked like that. But well, that's why he does what he does. That's what I, why I do what I do. And I appreciate what I do. And I appreciate what he does. Is is he in the Dirt Late Model Hall of Fame? No, too young. Hasn't no. been at it long You're enough. in it, though. So you have that going. There we go. Yeah. There we go. That's that's what you. I want you to when you're in your uh, victory lane interviews, ask them. Uh, you know, if they start getting cocky, say, well, "Are you in the National Dirt Late Model Hall of Fame?" You know what? I, this is going to sound really odd, Scott, and you're going to have to sit back and think about this before you respond. But if I had a chance to be Scott Bloomquist, Billy Moyer, Jonathan Davenport, Chris Madden, um, Brandon Overton, if I could be any of those and exchange careers and money won and status, I wouldn't do it. I like what I've done. I like what I do. I like what I continue to do. And the money and the fame can't top the feeling I have and the satisfaction I have from what I do. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for the millions they've won, the hundreds of races they've won, all the fame that they've gotten. I wouldn't trade what I do because I work for a great company. I enjoy what I do. I've enjoyed what I've done since I was 17 and I don't know anything else. And you're in victory lane uh, pretty much every night. Well, that's changed. 
Has I it? am strictly the booth. I'm the oh, booth guy now. Right. We have paper reporters. We're doing we have TV paper reporters that are way better looking than me and do a way better job than I do. I was noticing that. What, the better looking? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Than you. No, um, with Dirt Vision has got a great plan. Um, they have different voices in every aspect of the broadcast, and they really brought um, dirt racing to the forefront when it comes to online and subscription broadcasting. I mean, they do a great job with it, and we all have our part. And we all interact. We're just one big puzzle where the pieces come together every night. So let me ask you this. This is something, as an announcer, I've been kind of pondering. Uh, when you're calling a race, are you concentrating more on the fans that are in attendance in the stands, or are you kind of calling it as you would for people watching it on a, a broadcast? You basically have to mix it, Scott. You have to be able to get the attention of both. You have to get that person that's at home that could turn you off in, you know, one click. And you also have to get the attention of that person that's sitting in the stands that might be ready to go if they don't like what they hear. So it's like you really have to balance it. And you can do that by we're, we're fortunate enough to have monitors so that we can call all different action all over the place with or without the monitor. You know, we all do that. But for the fan at home, if the monitor is focusing on a good battle for third, I'll jump from the leader to that battle for third. And then all of a sudden the fans in the stands are like, well, wait a minute, what's going on for third? We've been watching the leader. You know how it goes in the stands. Sometimes you miss stuff. So it's a good balance that bounces back and forth. And that, that makes, I guess that gives me more to talk about than just calling a race, which I don't ever want to just call a race. I want to, you know, I want to bring the, I want to bring the excitement to it. So it's, it's a very big balance. So it's got to make it a, you know, a you little more challenging. I've always, I've always pondered something, too. Maybe you can help me. Okay. Why do they call them apartments when they're all joined together? I, I'm going to defer uh, to Ron on that, but that's that's good. Uh, they're apart. It's above my pay grade. <laughs> yeah. That's, they should be together, Mints. Uh, exactly. And they, why do they call them buildings if they're already built? These are the, the, the Rickisms that I remember now. There you go. <laughs> All right, Rick. Well, we got to let you go, and uh, we appreciate the time. Good luck. Uh, well, I, I guess you don't need good luck. Have fun this weekend. And, uh, Absolutely. Look, uh, looking forward to sometime seeing you pop into the booth at, at Oakshade unexpectedly like you do every once in a while, every few years. Guaranteed I'll have a crowd dog in my hand. There you go. Yeah, well, one of our listeners wondered which is more valuable. Um Higher pay or free trips to the snack bar? Oh, so they heard. Did, it, did yep. you ever know about that, Scott? Uh, it sounds familiar to me. First year, and I think Miller will attest to this, first year I worked there, Pam said, we'll pay you $55 a night, and you can go to the snack bar all you want. I said, great. Year two comes around, she says, we're going to give you a raise. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. She said, we're going to pay you 75 a night. And you get one trip to the snack bar. <laughs> <laughs> I think Okay was in the red the first year I worked for him. How many trips did you make uh, to the snack bar on an average night that first year? Uh, I can almost attest to probably three crowd dogs and a big O burger, if, if nothing else. <laughs> now, did you actually make the trip, or did you send someone down for you? Because I oh heck no, I went down there. Are you kidding me? Oh, I figured you had to be busy. Well, I mean, then it's like race was, after so. race after race. No, I mean he's busy calling races. When do you get a break? Uh, you got to be good at it, Scott. That's impressive. That's why you are in the Hall of Fame and I am not. 
there it is. <laughs> <laughs> two two words, Scott. Track prep. There you go. Well, congratulations, you Rick. Go. It's uh, always great talking to you. Thanks, Scott. Good to talk to you, buddy. And Miller, good to talk to you too, bud. Always good. Thanks a lot, Rick. Okay, thank you, guys. You guys take care. You too. We'll see you. See ya. There you go, Rick Eshelman, National Dirt Late Model Hall of Fame announcer. And Impressive. Uh, continued uh, announcer there with the World of Outlaw Late Model Series. Uh, coming up, we have uh, Big D's Pizza we're going to give away for how many. Uh, we also still have our Hammer Down Hotline stuff and our uh, – Man, we got a lot of stuff to do here still. Really? The uh, weekend weather pit stop. So let's uh, let's get to it here. Uh, racing news uh, from uh, this past week: World of Outlaw and uh, All Star uh, Sprint Racer Parker Price Miller, otherwise known as the Law Firm, um, currently third in All Star points. As a matter of fact, was injured in a first lap crash on Saturday night's Knoxville uh, Nationals main event. Did you see that at all? I didn't see the crash. I, I read about it. Yeah, they kind of didn't really get it on the broadcast, at least not that I saw, but uh, he was caught up in an incident uh, that started with J.J. Hickel uh, jumping the right rear Darren Pittman that sent Hickel flipping and collected uh, Parker Price Miller. Um, Parker's uh, race team shared the following update on Sunday on his condition. They said, quote, Parker was transported to the hospital in Des Moines overnight. He does have fractures in C7 and T5. Uh, Went on to say after seeing... The neuro and trauma surgeons, they believe it's best to let things heal up on their own, so no surgery at this time. We will get him back to uh, Indy. Uh, He will see doctors there. Um, Unquote, uh, Corey Eliason and uh, Anthony Macri will fill in for uh, Parker Price Miller. Eliason will handle uh, the New York swing this weekend, and then Macri will run the Pennsylvania swing uh, the following weekend, and then after that, the Sharon Nationals. Best wishes to yeah, that's that's uh, the lower part of the neck, so that can he got out of his car. I saw, yeah, because they had that after they went to uh, Hickel first, and then they saw Parker climb out of his car, and he just kind of went down on Crumble. his knees. Yeah, and then they were over there checking him out, and I guess, uh, uh, yeah, that must have been a tough hit. Uh, Bubba Wallace has signed a multi-year extension to remain with uh, 2311 Racing. Wallace joined 2311 in September of 2020 as the team's inaugural driver, earning the uh, team's first NASCAR Cup Series win at Talladega last year, as well as their first pole award at Michigan International Speedway uh, just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, Sandusky Speedway. Uh, This is kind of breaking news, sort of. Originally uh, scheduled to race this weekend... Tim Ensign Memorial, but uh, they have decided to bow out, bow out of uh, racing action this weekend and postpone the Tim Ensign uh, Memorial so as not to conflict with the Nancy Hennis, Hens, Hennis, Hennis Memorial. Let's go with that. At uh, Lorraine County Speedway on Saturday night. Uh, the quote from uh, Sandusky Speedway is uh, this, quote, the staff and family at Sandusky Speedway, has decided to have the track sit idle and silent this weekend in remembrance of some local racing pioneers. We felt that it would be a great injustice to family and friends of uh, Nancy Hennis and Tim Ensign uh, having to make a decision on which memorial race to attend. Uh, went on to say the Tim Ensign Memorial Race, a legend of racing here at Sandusky Speedway, will be moved to September 10th championship night. Uh, also, the uh, next uh, race at Sandusky Speedway is now going to be a week from Saturday, the uh, 27th of August. It's going to be free fan night. No admission yeah. for uh, the uh, grandstand. No, no, oh, wow. No, you don't have to pay for admission to get in the grandstands. 
a uh, week from Saturday at Sandusky Speedway. So a uh, cool deal there. Uh, update from uh, Doug Frost. Parker's no home in Indiana and on the mend. Thanks, Doug. Um, John Hunter Nemechek and 1992 NASCAR Xfinity Series champion Joe Nemechek. I remember him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're going to be uh, competing as teammates for the first time since 2019 in the Wawa 250 at Daytona International Speedway on uh, Friday, August 26th. John Hunter Nemechek will pilot the number 26 Freedom 13 Toyota with Alan Hart as his crew chief, while his father, Joe Nemechek, will contend in the number 24 Flatwing Toyota with Eric Phillips atop the box for Sam Hunt Racing. Oh. And uh, got this just before we came on to uh, Kurt Busch. Still. Not ready to return uh, to the 45 car for the Cup Series race at Watkins Glen. He's actually going to sit out this weekend's race at Watkins Glen and Daytona, Daytona. Yeah. Uh, the following week. So at least two more weeks out of the car for Kurt Busch, who suffered that uh, concussion-like symptom. I guess they're not technically calling it a concussion. They just are saying he's suffering from concussion-like symptoms, Yeah, which is kind of weird wording, but okay, we'll go with that. Uh, usually concussion-like symptoms are caused by a concussion, last time I checked. You would think. But we're not officially calling it that. But, uh, yeah, so he's going to sit out the next two weeks and hopefully be back for the playoffs. Ty Gibbs will continue to fill in for the next uh, two weeks. Um, let's play How Many. Do our Big D's Racing uh, pizza menu. Check out the weekend weather pit stop. And then uh, we got some stuff to talk about with our Hammer Down hotline about a track closing its doors and some other uh, – Gossipy things. Like I said, the Hammerdown hotline was busy this week. I, I don't know what happened. We got texts, we got calls, um, all kinds of stuff. So last week's uh, how many was how many boss non-wing sprints were going to be at Fremont plus the number of compacts that were going to be at Oakshade on Saturday night. Uh, number of boss non-wing sprints at uh, Fremont on Saturday was 18. The number of compacts at Oakshade on Saturday night was zero. Oakshade got rained out. So that total is... 18. 18. I can do that math. Uh, Ron picked the uh, lowest number. You picked 52, so you're the uh, studio winner. And our listener winner, Gretchen Knapp. She picked zero overall. Really? And she and, was and, closest. And that was the winner. That was closest. Ouch. Yeah, zero was the uh, closest there. Everybody else was way high. So, Gretchen Knapp, you have 30 days to claim your Big D's pizza. And uh, you want a chance to win a Big D's pizza? Well, here's this week's how many. How many 305 sprints are going to be in action or checked in, I should say, Monday at Fremont? It's the fair race. Now, you may want to wait to put your guess in until, and I'm not done here. There's more to that, so don't put your guess in yet. Uh, and you may want to wait until you hear the weekend weather pit stop forecast with Ryan Weekman before you put your guess in because you have plenty of time to get your guess in. You have until 4 o'clock on Saturday to put your guess in. And uh, here's the rest of it. Plus the number of compacts at Oakshade on Saturday night, since we didn't get that uh, last week. Oh, boy. So how many 305 sprints Monday at Fremont, plus the number of compacts at Oakshade on Saturday? So if you want to be entered to win a Big D's Pizza, you can put your guess in the comments of our Facebook Live or our YouTube Live. You, Like I said, you can do that up until 4 o'clock on Saturday evening. That's when gates open at... Uh, Oakshade. I'm not sure if Matt Swander is saying a bunch of zeros or if he's saying, oh! <laughs> is there a decimal point in there? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so uh, you won last week. What do you What do you got? How many do you think? Boy, that's a scary one, Scott. Yeah. I, I don't want to And change. I've heard the weekend weather pit stop. You haven't. 
I've been watching. Have you? Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, no, I think, I, I think that the sprint cars at Fremont, I think that's an invitational. I don't think that's, I think that's open. 24. That That's. Okay. 24. Oh, wait, so, no, wait. So plus the, they, no, wait. that's including your, uh, the compacts at Oakshade? You're thinking we're not going to get any? You're, uh, you're, you're saying checked in? Yes. Ooh. The rain's going to be a little later. Fifty. Okay. Un- unlike our yes, it's checked in. So they it, yeah. do they get rained out halfway through yeah. or whatever. Then that our, then. our listeners can't change theirs, but um, yeah, but we can because we make the rules. That's it. <laughs> I'm going to go with forty nine just to be. Oh, you stinker! Yep, just to that, be that sucks, way. Scott. Well, I went above you last week and I lost, so I'm I'm going with the under this week. Um, weekend weather pit stop uh, coming up here in just a second. First, your uh, big D's. Pizza racing menu for this weekend. Attica Raceway Park back in action tomorrow night. Uh, Friday night for America's Wash Systems. Morgan Stanley night. Uh, AFCS uh, 410 sprints. UMP late models and the AFCS 305 sprints will be in action. Gates open at 5. Racing at 745. General admission is $18. Saturday night, three tracks in action. Oakshade Raceway. It's going to be Dipman Motorsports night featuring the dirt car UMP late models. Sportsman, Dominator, Superstocks, and Compacts. Gates open at 4. Racing at seven, general mission fourteen bucks. Flat Rock Speedway, it's the Alan Kennedy Tribute, featuring the Outlaw Super Late Models, figure eights, and street stocks. Gates open at five, racing at seven, general mission fifteen bucks at Flat Rock. Uh, as we mentioned, Sandusky Speedway, the Tim Ensign Memorial postponed from this weekend to uh, September tenth, so no racing this weekend at Sandusky. Montpelier Motor Speedway uh, will be having Blackford County Day, featuring the modified Super Stock Street Stocks and Hornets. Gates open at four, racing at seven twenty-two, general mission. Is uh, twelve bucks there at Montpelier, and then Monday, uh, Fremont Speedway. It's the fair race with the three hundred fives. The vintage uh, race cars will be in action as well. There was a discrepancy uh, between a post they had on Facebook and their uh, Fremont Speedway website as far as start times. I conferred with oh. Brian Liskey. The uh, the gates will open at five thirty, and racing will be at seven thirty. I think on their website it says four o'clock for gates and seven for yeah. for racing. So. 5.30 for gates, 7.30 for racing. Um, general admission is 7 bucks, And I don't know, I didn't ask him if you need to pay for fair admission. Probably. And I think that's 9 bucks. So figure 16 bucks if, if you're going to do that. But you get to go to the fair, too, so that's pretty cool. Uh, so that's your uh, weekend uh, Big D's Pizza racing menu. Before we get to our other series action going on this weekend, let's check out Ryan Weekman and... Our weekend weather pit stop forecast. Here is your weekend weather pit stop forecast. I'm meteorologist Ryan Weekman for WTOL 11. Well, there's one race that looks real good for us weather-wise for sure. That's down at Attica Friday, race time at 745. Gets more interesting Saturday night at Oakshade, Flat Rock, and Montpelier. Showers will be returning by the evening. They'll be hit and miss, but you'll probably be watching radar out there as showers are likely by later on into the evening. So showers Sunday, but we skip over all the way to Monday. Day where you'll see Fremont's race time at 7 p.m. Rain may be moving out by then, but there's a pretty good chance we get some soaking showers most of the day for uh, Monday, which will make it a little bit tough down there at Fremont's. 
Wish it was drier, wish it was sunnier, but slow-moving system means rain Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. For WTOL 11, I'm meteorologist Ryan Weekman. That's your weekend weather pit stop forecast. Have a good one. You know, they never, they, they seem to have bad luck with the fair race as far as the weather goes. They do. Every year, unfortunately. And apparently Ryan Weekman hasn't been out to Oakshade Raceway. Watching the radar on our phones out there, it depends on what service you have, but it's kind of hard to get a signal sometimes. Yeah. Just saying. It's going to be like the rain. It's going to be hit or miss. Yeah. Whether uh, you've got signals or not. Exactly. Uh, other series action this weekend, uh, Agco Jackson Nationals at Jackson Motorplex in Minnesota. Uh, originally scheduled to be tonight through Saturday. I guess uh, Dave had uh, sent a message earlier saying that tonight has been rained out. So uh, it looks like it's just going to be tomorrow and Saturday. Uh, World of Outlaw case uh, construction late models, as we mentioned talking to uh, Rick a little earlier, Williams Grove tomorrow night, Sharon Speedway on Saturday, and Tri-City Raceway Park in Pennsylvania on Sunday. Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. Uh, they're going to be competing in the 30th Annual Comp Cam's Topless 100 at Batesville Motor Speedway in Arkansas. That'll be uh, tomorrow night, Friday, and uh, Saturday. The Tezos All-Star Circuit of Champions in action at Outlaw Speedway in uh, New York on Friday night. Utica Rome Speedway on Saturday and Weed Sport Speedway on Sunday. And then uh, they're going to be off to the Bloomsburg Fairgrounds in Pennsylvania for a Wednesday night show next week on the 24th. Uh, Arkham Menard Series in action this weekend. General Tires General Tire delivers 100 at Watkins Glen. That'll be uh, tomorrow night, Friday night at uh, 6 p.m. on Fox Sports 1, or FS1, I guess that's what we're calling that now. NTT IndyCar Series uh, will be in action at Worldwide Technology Raceway Saturday at 6 p.m. on USA Network for the Bomberito Auto Group 500. Uh, NASCAR Cup Series uh, going to be racing the Go Bowling at the Glen, three o'clock on Sunday in USA Network, and the Xfinity Series also at Watkins Glen for the Sunoco Go Rewards 200. That'll be three o'clock Saturday afternoon on USA Network. So as we mentioned, the uh, Hammerdown Hotline's been uh, busy this week. Lots to talk about here. Um, uh, let's just uh, here we go. If uh, if you want to call. Leave a message, uh, something for us to talk about. Here's the number, 419-318-3081. That's 419-318-3081. Call or text. Uh, we got both this week. And uh, if you missed that, you can find that on hammerdownracingreport.com. Here is uh, the call we got this week. Uh, and then we're, we'll listen and discuss. Yeah. Hey, guys, man. This is Russ uh, Martin over here in Florida. Uh, i talked to you guys several times on the air. Just found out today that in Elkin, North Carolina, Friendship Motor Speedway, has shut down because of the fact that uh, drivers, pit crew members, uh, have a hard time cooperating with the staff, um, being spit on, cussed at, swore at, drivers getting mad at them, telling the staff what to do, and uh, things aren't cooperating like they should. The uh, new owners opened it up in 2022 with high expectations, they are now shut down for the rest of the year. They are shutting. They are closing the gates with no intentions to reopen. Yep. So yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, Friendship uh, Speedway there, Friendship Motor Speedway in Elkin, North Carolina, posted on their Facebook page uh, that uh, they are not, they're canceling the rest of the season 
because they're tired of the disrespect, uh, I guess, that uh, they're getting from drivers and crews. And uh, I guess, and it sounds like things have been going well. They had good car counts and everything. But oh, yeah, there was no complaints there. My problem with that is, and, and don't get me wrong, I, obviously drivers and crews should not be behaving in the way that they, they say that they have been behaving, but... I don't think that they handled that quite the right way. If you're Scott, gonna, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. It really is. The racers, the fans. You should not they, have they, let it they, get they, that they, far. They, they get on they got on get on the internet and you can be completely anonymous and you can bash the track and say all kinds of things. But if you got in the race promoting business thinking you're gonna be friends with anybody at with everybody at friendship speedway, boy, are you in the wrong business. Um, you're going to make mistakes and everybody's going to be all over you. So you, yeah. you got to have a thicker skin. You better grow a pair of but balls. At the same time, if you're going to have people that are treating you like that, get them the hell out of there. They have no That's right it. to be there. If people That's are it. spitting and cussing on you, you know, yeah. boom, that, crosses, that absolutely crosses yeah. the line. And so that falls on there. That's kind of, I blame them for letting it get to that point and, and, they're well and allowing within, that to and, happen. And they're well within their rights to send somebody home. Exactly. Instead of just... That sends, that sends a yeah. message. I think it's a little bit childish to close up shop, that, you know, and just say, okay, we're not, we're not going to race anymore. I'm well, going to take I, my I'm, toys and go home. I don't I, like I'm you guys. I'm thinking maybe Friendship Speedway is hoping that some fans will beg and plead for them. Probably. To, it's to, like an attention op- thing. To open back And again, up. it goes back to the childish thing. Yeah, it really does. So I that just I don't know it bugs me I I hate to see tracks close and and like I said people shouldn't behave that way but um someone's got to be professional and it, that falls on the promoters and the track to be professional and yeah you know if, it, and it's 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 their ball game they have yeah. they have the right to make the rules and don't let people spit on and you. enforce the rules yeah. yeah I mean they'd be gone for a year. One of the examples I think they cited was uh, somebody sitting on the wall or something, and one of the track officials told them to not or get off the wall or something, yeah. and they said, "No, you're not uh, the owner or something like that." You know, pfft. that guy's gone. Goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> he shouldn't be there. Then I, I'm I'm sure that not, post- not the, tr- the guy sitting on the wall. That's I, not I'm listening. sure th- whoever was talking to the guy on the wall has a radio. Yeah, yeah. Throw the red flag. Till this guy leaves. Exactly. Make an example. So, and I did reach out to uh, Friendship uh, Motor Speedway. They did cite that it's not tired. They, 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 you can check it out on their Facebook page. They have this right. really long post. Um, they cite that it's not a tire shortage issue or anything or supply chain issue that right. we're closing the doors. It's just because of the way they've been treated. So, I guess you, you can read that and, and make your own decisions. I did reach out to them to see if uh, we could get somebody, a representative from the track to come on the show next week. Cause maybe, you know, maybe there's something that we're missing. Maybe there's, a, right. there's more to the story that we're not, not aware of. That's the only thing I can and think we of. We like to be fair to everybody. Yeah. So we I reached out to them, see if uh, I haven't heard back. That was this morning. So uh, we'll see if uh, we get a response and have anybody on next week. There you go. Um, we also had a couple of texts here, which are on a couple of different pages. Um, uh, one of the texts was, great show, Scott and Professor. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was one of them. And then the next text from the same person, won't mention any names, uh, just because it shows the phone number, but I know who it was. Um, Wasn't me. 
this and this is something that uh, that I don't have any verification of. This is just what the text says. So it's not I'm not reporting anything. This is just what the text says. Uh, why is Fremont Speedway trying to keep the rest of the season suspension of Larry Kingseed Senior hush? Normally, tracks will issue some sort of press release on their findings and actions, especially when they garner as much attention as the fight video did. You want that one? Scott, I know that... Oh, here we go. <laughs> well, I mean, it's something in, that in happened the, in the pits. In the, it's not the, something that you're going to want to promote as, in, as a track. In, yeah, in the past, there has been a promoter, and you could go to that promoter and, and discuss it. Now everything at Fremont is run by some appointees. The fair board. Or the fair board, board yeah. and there, there are some things that are nebulous. It would make sense if they discussed that in, you know, maybe the driver's meeting. It's like, look, this guy is not coming back because of what he did. You know, and to use that as an example of, you know, that kind of behavior is not going to be tolerated. This is what will happen if you do it. But I don't think they need to post on social media or anything saying, hey, look what we did. We said goodbye to this guy for the rest of the season. Yeah. So that I guess that's the only thing I can think of. I don't know. And, and I guess that those kind of suspensions need to be discussed early on in the year. Yeah. Or there should be, you know, some kind of, it should be in the, uh, the, the rules of, of some sort, you know, absolutely. You know, if, you know, general rules, most tracks have those fighting, not tolerated unless it's on the front stretch. Right. And then you get 500 bucks or something. Absolutely. Or a hundred bucks, whatever Earl had said. Uh, the other part of his, uh, um, text that we got on the Hammerdown hotline was uh, Montpelier allowing a team to compete still after a driver's father is caught stealing from another competitor. I thought, or wait, thought drivers were responsible for their crew. And especially if the crew member slash owner is committing a felony. I read a little bit about that, Scott, I guess yeah. while a team was out racing, someone some, some, ransacked their trailer. Some tires and something else, I think, were. And then uh, I saw another poet. I think they took that post down. Larry Larry Bowes, I believe, put that up and took that post down, or whoever from Montpelier does their, right. their Facebook, uh, said that the, the two parties involved had gotten together and worked it out like adults. And it's a closed issue, right. I guess. So, And that's okay. I mean, yeah, I'm okay with that. If they worked it out, then that's fine. But, yeah, you definitely shouldn't steal stuff. And if, I guess if the party that it was stolen from didn't want to put, didn't want to press charges, you know, I guess that that's fine. I mean, as a track owner, it's probably a good way to find out the secondary use for a tire iron. There you go. I've heard that. That's uh, that's a thing that's happened. So, uh, thanks to associate producer Dave Kemmer, contributors Matt Swander, John Young, Doug Doc, and Bob Stazak. Uh, join us next week. Uh, maybe we'll have someone from Friendship Motor Speedway on. That'd be cool. I don't know. I'll, I'll try it. If I don't hear back from him, I'm going to follow up, see what I can get on that. Uh, next Thursday, 7 o'clock, make sure to tune in live, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Uh, make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Hammer Report. You can follow us on YouTube as well. Listen to us on your favorite podcasting platform, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Check us out on uh, hammerdownracingreport.com. And listen to the show there. There's a store. Sponsorship information. The Hammerdown Hotline number is there. Everything's there. And make sure to rate and review us. We like to re- re- we like to read the reviews that we get. Yeah. 
um, share us with your friends. Don't be mean. Don't keep us all to yourself. Share yeah. us with your friends. Uh, thanks to our thanks to our sponsors, Oakshade Raceway, Big D's Pizza, Ram Miller Race Cars, Freeze Frame Photos, Dominator Race Products, Headhunters, Barber Studio, and Salon. Uh, and thanks again to uh, this week's guests, Stephanie Bradley and uh, Rick Eshelman. Congratulations again to uh, Rick for That's that. That's so cool. That uh, Hall of Fame thing. Yeah, cool. Uh, we're out of here. We'll get out, support a local track. Hopefully the uh, rain will hold off and we can call Mr. Ryan Weekman wrong next week. Fingers crossed. He wasn't wrong last weekend, though, so. Fremont almost got the whole show in. They did get, was it just the trucks that they didn't finish? Uh, I think that's what it was. The uh, non-wing sprints got everything in, but uh, I think they ran a 16-lap feature. It started raining, and they pulled the plug down. Did I skip Fremont when we were doing our racing yeah. roundup? No, you did. That's okay. Nope. We just Nope, I got to do that. I can't believe I skipped. Travis Philo won the Fast 410 uh, sprint feature at uh, Fremont. Matt Westfall won the Boss non-wing uh, feature. And then the rain happened. The dirt truck features will be made up at a later date. So, there you go. That was quick. Yeah. We're done. See you uh, next Thursday, 7 o'clock. Yes, you will. Good night. You have been listening to the Hammer Down Racing Report, available on demand on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting platform. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on!